2: Matthew Collar joining us here on the Chad Hartman Show. On the John Schuster Colwell Bingo Hotline. Matthew, happy Friday, man. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. Just here in the studio hanging out with Dave Harrigan on a Friday, man. And uh, i probably get to bed a lot earlier tonight than I typically do. But uh hope that you're having an awesome Friday. The big news breaking yesterday uh, right around 5.30-ish. Um, or 5.15 or so, that Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, was his services were no longer needed. Kevin O'Connell putting out a statement, uh, the Vikings tweeting it out. Um, just what was your reaction to the news? It was something that I think that every Vikings fan or media member anticipated. You even said as much uh, on my show on Tuesday night how this was going to play out in terms of him meeting the media, and then after he meets the media, then – makes the decision, and then we get the decision. But uh, you were spot on with uh, how you viewed this, how this was going to shake out.
3: Yeah, I've seen enough of these to happen, right? But, uh, you know, I guess I would say that when I was reading back Kevin O'Connell's quotes and he talked about accountability, it doesn't really scream accountability to hold the press conference and then a day later make the move so you don't have to talk about it until maybe the combine when it's far in the past and there are more pressing issues. So, um, you know, and, and in the statement, I didn't see anything about any responsibility from the front office or the head coach about when it came to the failures of the defense. I mean, they're the guys who hired him. They're the guys who put the team on the field. And even though I think Ed Donatello deserved what he got and that he failed completely as a defensive coordinator, I would have loved to have heard some accountability from anybody. Uh, But instead, it's typical, very typical, to point at the bad man who is to blame. He's gone. He was the bad man. And uh, now we all move on with our lives. But, you know, I, I think that firing him was obviously the right move. Um, clearly the players didn't understand the scheme or it didn't fit them. And when they had a second chance against the Giants to prove that they could scheme up something to slow down Daniel Jones, they got beaten even worse. And I saw players who I know are some of the smartest players in the world looking very confused and looking around at each other. So I think that You know They needed this pretty badly, but I also think that if we were going to go back and blame Mike Zimmer for offensive failings and offensive coordinators who get fired, we also need to look at Kevin O'Connell and say, this was also on you to fix this. You don't just get to be the offensive genius and then shrug your shoulders at the defensive side either.
2: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And one of the things that I just find is so interesting, and I think that fans should just kind of relax here is – Viking fans are breathing a sigh of relief that Kevin O'Connell um, uh, put out that statement and that Ed Donatel is gone is not going to return as defensive coordinator. And to, to them, I would say, well, just pump the brakes. Hold on. Just because Ed Donatel is no longer here, you still got to hire somebody to do the job and do the job well. So to, to, just, and, and we haven't seen any evidence right now because, look, this will be – second year of Kevin O'Connell and the second defensive coordinator. So he's got a lot of proving to do in that area of hiring a defensive coordinator that actually can do the damn job and do it at a, at a great level.
3: Well, not only that, but there is so much work to do on this roster. I mean, who are you keeping? Are you keeping Kendricks after one of his worst years? If not, I think probably by far his worst year, Uh, Harrison Smith, his worst year, since maybe he first got into the league. Um, Are you keeping those guys at a very expensive price? Um, Jordan Hicks is probably gone. Is it Brian Asamoah who's replacing him? What are you doing at cornerback? If Patrick Peterson wants to go championship chase and sign somewhere else, are you going to rely on two corners and a Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth Jr. who got hurt? Um, They also, you know, you look at some of the money that they spent last year in free agency. And of course, Darius Smith and Patrick Peterson were terrific, but, Harrison Phillips was not really an impact player. And, oh, by the way, they're losing Delvin Tomlinson, who's probably going to get a huge contract somewhere else. How are you replacing him? Uh, So there's a ton of questions to be answered that go beyond just who's going to be the defensive coordinator and are you going to – get younger and get faster, and, and uh, are you going to draft again to try to replace immediate needs like they did last year? And that did not really work uh, at all because both of their top two draft picks ended up getting hurt. So I think this is as much of a question about what person will be put in charge of the defense as how is the front office going to fix it because even as much as we all had complaints about Ed Donatelle, he was the defensive coordinator of the third best defense in the NFL last year, I believe, in Denver. And I know that was Vic Fangio, but he was, he was on that staff. So like, there's a, a pretty good case historically, and Mike Zimmer would definitely tell you this, uh, that you know, the players are the ones who really drive this success. And this team was left with so many weak points uh, on the defense last year that that was really tough, even if they had had the best defensive coordinator of the world to put out a very good defense.
2: Talking to Matthew Collard, Purple Insider, here on uh, News Talk, three O WCCO. Henry Lake filling in for Chad Hartman here on this, on this Friday afternoon. All right, so we've talked a lot about Donatel being gone and Kevin O'Connell is going to have to step up and just the organization got going to have to step up and make some, some big decisions uh, moving forward. Hey, g- give me a player in specifically on the defense of side of the football last year that actually flew under the radar or maybe at times flew under the radar with a lot of fans and impressed you. I want I want I
3: want some positive here. That's <laughs> not easy when they're 31st in yards against and just got slaughtered. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess if you're looking forward probably and and you know, it's really marred by the concussions, but Caleb Evans really flashed. I would say Brian Acuña flashed as well and That's the hard part about drafting and fixing a defense is that sometimes an edge rusher will come in and change the game right away, but for the most part, development is necessary. I mean, you look at that 2015 class, uh, you know, Daniil Hunter was not a superstar right away. Eric Hendricks, not a superstar right away. It wasn't until Trey Waynes' third year where he actually was the full-time starter. And I think that Zimmer understood that, that you needed to draft for a couple of years out um, so I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of the members of their rookie class, but I mean, I guess I would look at Asomua as a guy that I could say you know really flashed and has uh, you know pretty impressive speed and instincts for the game. But you know whoever they they hire as a defensive coordinator, it's going to have to be someone who's really looking to develop players because this team is currently twenty four million dollars over the salary cap, so they need to create twenty four million just to be cap compliant. And I know there's lots of ways people mess with the cap, uh, but the Bears have like $80 million to work with in free space right now. So they're at a serious disadvantage when it comes to trying to sign free agents and things like that, even if they are able to create space. So that means to me that they're going to have to really develop a lot of players and, and do it pretty quickly here if they want a good defense next year.
2: All right, we'll end it with this. Um, we don't know necessarily because I I started the show with this and I was talking to Dave Harrigan about this as well. It's just like people will will say, well, what are some of the names or who are some of the candidates? No idea, no clue whatsoever. Because we're trying to figure out like what, what is KOC even thinking? Like like you know he his first defensive coordinator mm, that was a bust, that was a lame. It didn't work out. So give me the type, like the like the type of defensive coordinator that you think that KOC could go after.
3: Yeah, one thing that I know is that anytime someone gets fired, they get the exact opposite of that person. <laughs> look at look at Kevin O'Connell versus Mike Zimmer, right? Uh, and so I would guess that they're looking for somebody young and with an aggressive mindset because that's exactly the opposite of what they had this year where it was very much trying to sit back in their coverages and people called him Ed Donna Shell and things like that because they sat back so much. So I think that you start to look at, you know, someone like Jim Leonard, a former NFL player was with Wisconsin. Who's really highly thought of came out of the, the Rex Ryan scheme. And there's a Rex Ryan connection with um, Kevin O'Connell as well. So, you know, I I mean, I think that that's – and also Mike Pettin uh, as well. So I think that that's a real distinct possibility. Um, but, you know, it, it is hard to say. Like, do they think this scheme is the one they want and it's just someone else to teach it? Or do they want a completely different scheme? And the one advantage that the new person has is they can start molding this thing roster-wise – to their vision, uh, one thing that you have to give Ed Donatel is that he came in and inherited most of a roster that was built for a 4-3 Mike Zimmer scheme, which played a lot of tight man coverage as opposed to zone, and I think that there was a lot of guys who didn't fit. So, I mean, that's kind of the type, and Jim Leonard is the name that I can, I think, throw out there that at least has to be considered. But aside from that, right, I, I don't think we have a good idea of what they're thinking with this hire yet.
2: Great stuff as always, Matthew. Um, I I will talk to you next week, man, because I definitely want to get into uh, what transpires this weekend in the National Football League as the postseason continues to play out. Appreciate it, man.
3: I will be here. Thanks, Henry.
2: All right, take care. That's Matthew Collar joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right, we do have some breaking Minnesota Twins news, um, and this is rather interesting. Louisa Rice has been traded to the Miami Marlins. What did the Minnesota Twins get in return? We'll get into it next year. Henry, like in for chat. How
0: powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
4: sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypod Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
2: Wow, this is some pretty breaking news. Not that Henry Lakes filling in for Chad Armin. That's that's happened before. Uh the news that Man, Luis Arise, one of our favorites. He became a fan favorite. He's got the batting title right now. Uh, He will not return as a member of the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins have traded Luisa Rice. Uh, This coming from the Twitter account of Dan Hayes, who should be joining us here in the next couple of minutes. Uh, Sources told him and Ken Rosenthal from Fox that the Twins and Marlins progressing on a Luisa Rice trade for Pablo Lopez. Trade would involve more than just those players Um, And so now it looks like Ken Rosenthal has uh, tweeted about 20 minutes ago, infielder Jose Salas and one other prospect are heading to Minnesota along with Pablo Lopez, the source tells The Athletic. Salas 19 is the Marlins' fifth best prospect. So Lopez, their fifth best prospect, and then also I think they just – Mentioned that there is a third player in the deal. I don't know how to pronounce this kid's name, Rayner Charoa. But Dan will 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 clearly have a better grasp on on uh, who that player is. But it's a three for one deal, um, a top prospect, um, a, a pitcher who threw a hundred and eighty innings last year for the Miami Marlins with a record of ten and ten, with an ERA um, of three seven five. Uh, is coming to the Minnesota Twins along with um, one other player. So, man, Luis Ariz, I, I gotta tell you, man, I, I really enjoyed his time here in Minnesota. He was a guy that was gutsy, that played his heart out every single time he went out there. Gave us all. Look, it's all about the bat, right? He didn't have massive power. Um, was not. Uh, he's not an athletic guy, you know. Um, but he's a good player. And the Marlins clearly coveted his bat. He won a batting title this past year. He's the current bat. He 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 has the batting title. So so we'll see how things shake out. is Dan Hayes from the Athletic. He's uh, joining us right now on the John Schuster Call Banker Hotline. Uh, wow, some breaking news before we all head over to Target Field next week for Twins Fest. How, how about that, Dan?
5: Yeah, I, well, hey, hey uh, I'm glad the uh, Twins did it before they brought. Luis arrives up to Minnesota for Twins Fest. Spare him the uh, trip to whatever temperature we have next weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's it's uh, this has been something that's been in the works for a while. Um, they, they've definitely, the two sides have both, you know, saw, uh, seen that the other can fill a various need for them uh, for a couple months, and it's it's been talked about. It's just, it took a lot of pushing for the Twins to get what they wanted to here, and it, it finally came this last week.
2: All right, so so go and tell, because all of the, the listening audience right now, they want to know, what the heck did we get, get back in, in uh, with regards to we give up Luis Arise, the batting champion. What are we getting from the Miami Marlins? I see that you have been collaborating on uh, your great reporting with Ken Rosenthal. So just kind of tell me some of the names and maybe a little bit about what the Twins uh, pulled, pulled out of the trade.
5: Yeah, Pablo Lopez is obviously the centerpiece, and they get him for two years. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. Um, last year was his first full season. Uh, he's 26, and he went three in, or 10 and 10 with a 3.75 ERA for his career. He's he's pitched about 500 innings in the majors, and he's averaged 8.6 strikeouts per nine. So, you know, pitcher with good stuff. I know he worked in. He's a three-pitch guy. Um, he he had some health concerns of his own in 2021, a uh, a right shoulder um, strain that that limited his season, but he was fully healthy last year and. And look, we've, we've talked about it. The twins need pitching. They always do. And and they have a, a nice rotation. Now I think this rotation gets deeper um, and they have a guy that isn't just going to be here for one year. And that's important. Given that Sonny Gray, Kent Maeda and Tyler Malley are all free agents after next year. Um, they, they need guys. They need to not find themselves in a position where they're trying to fill 60% of the rotation. You know, Carlos Correa signed with the twins with the idea that he can win here and wants to see them make moves. And, and so I, I know that pitching was high on that wish list. And and they went out and got a guy who can be sort of towards that front of that rotation and, and just give them a really nice group, um, a well-rounded group. And obviously it comes at the cost of Luis Arise, um, but that's not all they got. They got a, a prospect, Salas. He's a 19-year-old infielder. Um, he's fast. He can hit. He can run. Uh, you know, he, he's got good tools. I think on the the scouting scale the 20 to 80 scouting scale overall he's viewed as a 50 which is a, a pretty decent ball player he was the the fifth ranked prospect in the the marlins farm system and they have a pretty good system so the twins not only got a guy that can help them win on the mound right away but they they got a potential future infielder um in salas so they did well they weren't going to do a one-for-one one. i know miami really wanted a one-for-one one and the twins held strong on that and they, they were very firm about it all week and and refused to give in, and, and they got more. They got two prospects beyond the pitcher.
2: Yeah, and it sounds like – do you know how to pronounce this other kid's name? Is it Rainer Chiroa? I, you know, it,
5: it's. I tweeted the wrong one. Uh, it's Byron. Oh. Uh, I'm going to guess it's Byron Churia. Churio is – I probably butchered that, but um, he's Churia. a center fielder. Yeah, Byron Churio. He's a 17-year-old, um, and he's – outfielder. Um, at this point he's only played in the Dominican Summer League. Uh he had a good year last year. He hit three forty four, um, had a four twenty nine on base percentage, but he's seventeen. So it's sort of a we're gonna take a shot at this kid we probably saw last year and liked but didn't sign and and uh we'll take that chance and, and hope he turns out.
2: Talking to Dan Hayes from the Athletic here, Henry Lake in for Chad Hartman here on The Good Neighbor. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dan Hayes M. LB. And you are right. Like, I, I do like the fact, even though it's, it's, it's kind of a bummer to lose Luis because I, I, he was just a gamer, dude. Like, I love his personality. I like his swag. I love the fact that his approach coming up to the plate was aggressive at all times. I just, it's, it's a little bit bummer in losing um, beyond just the, the batting champion and the player, but just he seemed like a really, really good dude. But it's it's the cost of doing business. You know, like, like this team has got some areas that they need to show up. And when you got Good players, and you don't look at them as being guys that are going to be around here long term, and and you feel like the upside isn't necessarily there with them. You got to move on. And you got to get something in return uh, for him. But I do like the fact that look, we're we're coming up on Twins Fest, man. Like we'll be there next next weekend, and we'll we'll be doing shows and we'll be meeting, and we got to lunch it on Thursday. So I'm glad that they went ahead and, and got this out the way as opposed to um, just kind of letting things linger a little bit.
5: Yeah, and and I think there there's probably it's threefold why they did this. Look, Luis Ariz um, is a great player, and you're, he's their toughest out by far. Uh, that that confidence, you know, when he shakes off a, a close pitch and, and lets the umpire and the pitcher and the catcher know, I'm not swinging at that. That's a ball, you know. And then with a little head shake, um, there's just something about him. You know, yep. he is going to. You know, he steps in and with two strikes against Edwin Diaz a couple years ago, and. Worked a walker. I can't remember. It was it was a foundational at bat for him, though, just proving he could handle anybody. He's got the you it factor. He's got it. He does. He does. But I think the Twins are really worried about the legs, the knees. Um, he's had the torn ACL in 2017. He had plenty of leg issues in 2021. Um, 2020, he missed half the season with right knee tendonitis. Last year, he was able to play 144 games. That was the byproduct of a really – great workout off-season program with uh, Nelson Cruz. But we saw in the second half, he had hamstring issues, and, and it really bit him. He had an 8.56 OPS before the All-Star break. Um, after the All-Star break, he had a 7.15 OPS, 140 points. Um, you know, it wasn't the reason they uh, they fell off, because the injuries were significant in that. But Luis Araiz dropping off a little bit definitely hurt them, because in the first half, it was a rise, Correa and Buxton uh, as the offense essentially, and he he did not uh, he was not able to keep up that pace, and I, I think they're worried about what he can do long term, and it's it's a calculated risk they're willing to take. And I just saw a tweet from uh, Sarah Langs, um, one of uh, a really good baseball reporters, who said this is the first batting champion to be traded since Rod Carew was traded by the Twins in 1978 to the Angels. So. Um, the first reigning batting champion to be traded. So it doesn't happen very often. Um, and it's painful when it happens because Luis Arise is a popular guy. Um, he's like that little brother on the team that everybody loves. Uh, his energy is, is infectious. And it, it's hard when you have to make a trade like that. Um, there's going there to be a lot of fans upset, but I also think that to get what you want, you have to give it up. And, yep. you know, the twins, they, they have Brooks Lee, they have Royce Lewis, they have Edward Julian, and they have um, – Oh, who's the other guy coming soon? Oh, no, and, and Austin Martin is coming soon. So I think they feel like, infield wise, they have a lot of players coming and probably needed to trade while well Arise's value is
2: at its peak. Yep. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us with the breaking news on short notice, man. All
5: right. Hey, thanks for having me on.
2: All right. Take care. We'll see you next week. Dan Hayes from The Athletic joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right. Uh, we will take a break. We'll come back. We're going to play. Well, am I wrong? Yes, we will. Next year, a new like in like Lake for Chat.
4: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter.
6: Just do a quick search for Takovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west.
2: Am I wrong? This is my first time playing Am I Wrong with Dave Harrigan. Henry Lakin for Chad Hardman, obviously. Jason Derusha coming up next year, at the top of the hour. He and Dan
7: Cook. But for now, let's play a game. This is my first time. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm giddy. You're the only one other than Chad to play this with me. We've only been doing it for a month or two, so okay. welcome. I'm looking forward. I uh, I will introduce a topic. I will make a declarative statement, and you simply have to tell me. Am I wrong? Let's start with the breaking news. Let's start with Luis Ariz, since we were just on that, with Dan Hayes of The Athletic. A lot of good information in that interview he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, people should definitely podcast it if they missed that or if they missed the breaking news that – Luis Ariz is no longer a Minnesota twin. Traded to the Miami Marlins for starting pitcher Pablo Lopez. Mm-hmm. Last year, 32 starts, 180 innings, 3.75 ERA, as well as two two prospects. One, uh, they're number five in the Marlins organization, we're learning. Young shortstop and the other uh, flyer, as Dan, Dan Hayes said, basically on a 17-year-old kid who had a good year, and he's only 17. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We love Luis arise in Minnesota. Absolutely. We love his approach at the plate. We love the fact that he doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. Obviously, with a batting title, he gets on base at a very, uh, at a very uh, high clip. That said, the Twins made their team better today for the next couple of years. Am
2: I wrong? Yeah. I agree with you. I and, and I say that I agree with you because... Um, I believe that the Twins did they, they well they did what they had to do, first off. But secondly stinks. but secondly, I I agree with you because and you're not wrong here, because Luis Arise, as much as we love the bat, he's not athletic. Okay. And yeah. something that Dan Hayes brought up was about the legs and then you know, in his knees and stuff like that, what the wear and tear, that has to be factored in. Uh, We've seen the best of Luis arise now. Now I'm not saying he can't win another batting title because I think that his bat plays anywhere and it's going to continue to be, it's going to be good. But when we're talking about upside, I think that this is who he is. I don't know if there's any upside to that. And this is an organization that has a ton of good, not, not good, great prospects Mm -hmm. in the infield. So where does everybody go? So I think that they pulled the trigger on doing a good deal here, and I think that this is going to work out just fine. Yeah. Now, now, am, am I going to miss his in, infectious personality and, and just the way that like he fires up the fan base and the swagger and just his approach and his never quit and his hustle? Like, he's all hustle. I am going to miss that. But when you are having a bunch of infielders stack up, and by the way you just re-signed Carlos Correa, you, you kind of had to do it. Yeah.
7: Still stinks, though,
2: doesn't it? It, it does. It it does. does. I'm I we're all fans.
7: I'm so going to miss him at target field. I, I just, like to shake
2: off like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not swinging at that. Yeah, just I'm not
7: swinging at that just am that swinging two inches off the plate. Come on. Give me something. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer, but you had to do it. All right, let's go with this one. Uh, we talked to Vikings earlier this hour with Matthew Collar. People can obviously podcast that as well as at the beginning of the show. We started with it, talking about Ed Donatel. Uh, let's talk about this team. Over the past season, we had a defense that was bad. We had a running game that was iffy at best, not very good. We had a rookie head coach. We had a shaky kicker. We had an average at best offensive line that saw their quarterback get drilled at least a couple times every single game. Yet he never More missed a couple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yet he never missed time. Kirk Cousins doesn't miss time. He's, He's durable. as tough as they come at that position. With all that said about the team, they still finish thirteen and four. And if Kirk Cousins' last name were Brady or Rogers, he would have been in legit MVP conversations as they, as they would be discussing it on ESPN this year. Am I wrong? You're wrong.
2: I like. Moving on. I I like. um, I, I tweeted this out over a month ago. Like, people can say what they want about Kirk Cousins. You cannot question his toughness. Like, his durability, never in question. He's a gamer. He's a gamer. He played worse this year than the year before. He was a better quarterback a year ago. Now, I think that the optics surrounding Kirk Cousins this year elevated a little bit because of the record because of the record sure but no I don't I don't think that that Kirk um and this is not throwing any shade at least in my opinion towards Kirk I like Kirk he was fine this year he wasn't but he was like he was more lights out the year before this year there was so much in terms of spectacular moments from Justin Jefferson that everybody I mean the world just saw the best receiver on planet Earth. That Buffalo game, oh my, when Dominguez. he goes up. Yeah, it was, so so, so. am I saying that I think that the wins and losses were more a product of Jefferson elevating? Yes, than Kirk playing at the level, because he didn't play at the same level
7: last well, year. I'm saying the folks, the talking heads on ESPN yeah, NFL I don't, Network would have seen Jefferson uh, his incredible year, yeah. would have seen the fact that there was a lack of a running game and an offensive line that was getting their quarterback drilled and would have said, "Can you see this guy? Do you see what this guy is doing? He's still putting up a 13-4 and record. I agree that he played better last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't. But th- I think if his last name I don't even isn't think- Cousins, I think he gets nah. mentioned in the. Con- now I'm not saying they say he should win it over Mahomes, who's your likely. I don't winner. even think. I don't even not think even if his
2: name was. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't even think. I don't even think that if his name wasn't Cousins, that 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 would have helped because there are other guys out there that are having solid years, not the greatest of years, um, who are seeing some of the same similar treatment as Kirk, and one of them will be Dak Prescott. Like, a lot of people just don't like Dak Prescott for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a good quarterback. I think he kind of is in the same camp with
7: Kirk. Want to take a break and come back for some more of this? Let's do some more. Let's do some more.
2: One final segment. Henry Lake in for Chad Harbin. Am I wrong? I'm not. But Harrigan is. Whoa. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working
4: on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a
2: coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's
3: got you covered. Find out more at tmobilecom network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at TMobile.com.
0: As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at hero.co. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at hero.co.
7: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel
8: to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe
2: and soak in. Baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, it's the Linus Construction time check. Currently it is 2.52. Time to have Minnesota-made Infinity from Marvin Windows installed in your home. Also time to uh, finish off the show with a Dave Harrigan in Am I Wrong? And just the, you know, it's entitled Am I Wrong? Of course Harrigan's wrong. That's not what you said on the first item.
7: You said (laughs) I was dead right, and frankly, I think you're wrong. I know Chad loves this game. (laughs) (laughs) It pains him to agree with me when he does, but sometimes he has to because he realizes there is no other (laughs) argument. I've nailed it once again. In fact, he agreed with me about a month ago when I said a true sign of, You've actually matured into adulthood is that you pay more for a direct flight versus saving a little money and getting the connecting, you know, you got to stop in Chicago before you make your way onto whatever. This is along those same lines.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. It's funny that that came up because I'm a nonstop every time I fly guy. Yes. I don't like uh, connecting on anything. See,
7: it's once you become an adult and you say- It's different, yeah. Yeah, well, certainly. If you have to, you have to. You have to, yeah. But if it's even close to convenience and price, if it's even within the ballpark, I'm paying the fee. you always pay for the direct flight. And this exactly. is coming from the cheapest man in America. Myself. <laughs> Another sign that you've become a true adult, and I feel bad bringing this up because I know you've given up the sweets for a little while. You're mm-hmm. cutting back. Yep. But a true sign you've become an adult is you prefer dark chocolate over milk chocolate. Henry Lake. You're wrong. Actually. No, no, wrong. you can't say how, that.
2: How, how, what, what's what's not adulting about milk chocolate?
7: It's a kid chocolate. Is it? Yes. Strictly. Yes, it's kid chocolate. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying you've you're growing in your taste as an adult. You say, you know what? Mm, I like that chocolate favor, flavor. I, have I like disp- that that touch of bitterness I'ma there ha- too.
2: No, I'm gonna have to dispute this, and, and th- I gotta throw a flag here on this one, and, <laughs> and dispute this, and challenge this, because I'm gonna tell you what, and this, I swear, I'm not making this up. So when I was a kid, um, like super young, we're talking like nine, ten, whatever, eleven. The ch- so you know you have the uh, the bag right with the Hershey's chocolates, sure and you have the the variety you get you can get like the little miniature like the the good uh, good bars yeah
7: the crackle the yeah all the of the those original. right yep.
2: and so back in those back in the day i used to love the dark chocolate hershey's the best the special dark they call it yes i'm the total opposite now what i am i am and this is back when I, i'm talking about, like 9 10 11 That used to be like arguably my favorite candy bar and I don't eat it anymore like that.
7: See, that same assortment bag you're talking about, I would leave all of the special darks because I couldn't take the bitterness.
2: Yeah, I loved the bitterness back in the day, and now I'm, I'm reversed, man. I'm more of a milk chocolate guy. Man. I put, it, put it like this, and this is also um, it refutes what you're talking about. Have you ever – do you like protein shakes?
7: Mm, I don't drink a lot of them.
2: I, de- I drink protein shakes, you know, after working out on those. You ever had a dark chocolate protein shake? <laughs> well, a I'm milk chocolate, a I'm milk chocolate protein shake saying. is
7: disgusting.
2: Chocolate protein shakes are just fine.
7: No, they're terrible. Oh, stop!
2: You are just you are you're tripping, man.
7: No, that's not you're. True. You're dead wrong. All right, well, one more quick one.
2: Okay, one today
7: thing. I've learned is Penguin Awareness Day.
2: <laughs> it's always something.
7: Exactly, penguins. If you're going to the zoo. Number one attraction, not even close. Penguins are the best animal at the zoo. Am I wrong? Penguins? Yes. No. Don't give me this camel. I want to see the tiger who's hiding behind no, the tree that can see. I'm a tiger of- guy. No, you can never I'm see a the tiger. tiger. I'm, come on, man. You can never see the tiger. He's hiding penguins what's, are right up there. They're swimming. They're the, shaking around. What's, what's
2: special about the penguins? Around.
7: They're adorable. Yes. You see, you're doing the penguin waddle right no, there. They're waddling no. around. Maybe they're diving around, swimming, eating some fish. Wrong. You're wrong again. I just gave it to you. Like, wrong. 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 You got no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the tiger. Everyone loves the tiger. All right. Not just the golfer. The golfer's great. Oh. We love the wild cat, too. Big cat's phenomenal. <laughs> no, you're absolutely wrong on this. Oh. No, just you only said tiger because I said tiger. You don't even know what the number one animal at the zoo is. It's easily the penguin. No.
2: All right. we, we, uh, th- this one, I, I got to throw another challenge flag on you on with this one as well. All right, coming it. up next, Jason Derusha, Dan Cook, The Derusha Show. Thanks to Shaletta Brundage. Thanks to Dan Hayes on short notice, Matthew Collar, and Jace Frederick. Have an awesome weekend out there. Be safe on the roads. We'll talk to you next week when I'm back on the Lake Show. But coming up next, Drive Time with Russia.